Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I welcome you to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. Ryan Paulson. Josh Rose. Welcome. It is good to see you, man. It is really, really good to see you. Man, it's uh, it's good to be together in this room, and uh, it's good to have you joining us. Um, we're so glad that you found us, uh, whether you are uh, with us live, because, you know, as I, I often have to point out, I feel like I'm a little disingenuous at times calling this a, a podcast. It is a podcast. It is. Um, and yet it is also a vidcast. Is that a thing? Ah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it is not. Uh, we're on. We're live. Yeah. This is a yeah. Sure. I don't know. It is now. It was. <laughs> they called that a vlog for a little for oh, a, yeah, a few did. minutes. That's right. And then yeah. they stopped because that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, and so we don't know what to call it. But this is YouTube. You're on YouTube or Facebook. If you're joining us, um, you can just look down in the comments and say hi to us. We say hello back to you, and yes, that do. makes it fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you found us on the Vitology podcast. Uh, somewhere on the interwebs, on whatever uh, you know, podcast thing you listen to, that's great also. But you just get to listen. But you get to listen at double time, which is you, nice. At double time. And you can <laughs> send questions to question at, questions at efcc.org, and we will answer them anytime. We will, yes. Or at least we will talk about answering them. That's right. You know, because yeah. some questions we'll just... respond. Some questions don't have like a, a firm answer. Yeah, not, not all of them. Not all. So, in fact... I would argue that that's partly why Jesus answered, uh, asked questions. And answered oh, with questions. And answered with questions. That's what we'll get to <laughs> in a little bit because that came up this week. It did. Um, and yeah. so, uh, I, yeah, there's something powerful about questions. I, and I love a good question. Yeah, you do, don't and, you? Yeah. And I, well, it's one of these things. Um, there's people, there's been people in my life who just who ask really penetrating questions. Yes, and, I've had people like that too. Yeah, yeah. And I always I admire them. And sometimes it's random though, mm -hmm. or they'll just they'll be like out of left field. So, what do you think about penal substitution or, or something? You know, that's like, like what, why, and how did you ask that question? Totally. And it, actually, that's not a good question. It would be much better than that. Yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm I'm quite as good at that. My spiritual director is great at asking mm. questions and sort of. Just, I think, I think the questions help excavate what's going on in your soul, you know, oh, yes. and he does a great job of that, which is why I yes. love talking to him. There you go. There so, you go. Yeah. Now, the, the funny thing is, like, is it you answering the question or is it you answering around the question? It's me <laughs> asking myself the same question. Uh, that's the value, right? Got it's it. Go, got you know, it. Wow. That is a good question. You know, yeah. sometimes. It's the answer that helps. Sometimes it's the process of thinking the question through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, it's nice being, uh, the podcast space is kind of one for some verbal processors. It is. That can kind of process on the fly a bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of reach back and uh, do those things. And this is where I, this is where I love doing this with, with you, Ryan. And I, I know that uh, our folks at home love digging in a little bit deeper into the messages. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we do too. We're going to, yeah, it yeah. absolutely is fun. So we're going to do that today. Um, we had, uh, we had mother's day, mother's day on Sunday, mother's yes. day. So, uh, that means that we're done honoring moms for, you know, another 363 absolutely. days. We're right. good. Yes. Right? That is that all yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Mark says, hi, speaking of honoring a mom's Mark, would you honor your mom for us? Yes. And uh, give her a hug. Yes. That'd be great. It's funny. My kids said, um, so we have Mother's Day. We have Father's Day. When's Kids Day? <sighs> yes. And my wife was like, that's every other day. Yes. Like, every exactly. other day is Kid Day. Yeah. Yep. So there it is. Yes. My, uh, yeah, my kids have done the same thing. In fact, I remember them crying in the car on the way to school. It has something to do with going to school, which is never a fun process. But it's true. It, like, why isn't there a kid day? Yes. It just right. is, it's amazing how selfish <laughs> these little brats are. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, they've might have I've mostly gotten over that. My youngest yeah, yeah, can no. still do that at times. But um, oh, that's great. Well, um, a Mother's Day is kind of a, it's kind of one of the bigger Sundays. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be. Time. Yeah, I think depending on the demographic of your church, it yeah. can be. Yep. Yeah. So um, 
I, I thought we had a great Sunday. A great Sunday. A lot of a lot of fun being together and our creative team put together a great video. Yes. And, so yes. It was really good. I ended up, I saw a lot of like former students that oh, were yeah. that were in town. Yeah. That came here mom. for Mother's Day. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so nothing like a good mom guilt trip to get a kid to go to <laughs> which is I did see families that normally split up and go to different services uh, yes. at different times, yes. even throughout the day. I saw sitting together yep. as unified holes. And yep. you could just tell mom was like, This is what I want. I want us to all go to church today and probably go grab brunch afterwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to that I say I know. Yes I heard and amen. That, uh, I heard at least the junior high numbers were down, which is good. Yeah. Because that means that not for junior high sake, but whatever, that they they, they came with mom. Came with mom, which is totally, great, which is good. Totally. Or or it could have been that they were out all night Friday and they were too tired to come. That to could be it also. Which was, I, I realized later, it is a little bit of a punishment to moms to do to the all-nighter. Overnighter. So our church an overnighter, uh, which I drove the bus for. Yes. And uh, stayed up most of the night myself. But that was on Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. And so it was Happy Mother's Day. I did not notice this, actually, to be very clear. This was not my observation. This was my wife's observation. She said, oh, great. That means I'm going to get two tired people all oh, weekend. There you go. And that's what she got. And you didn't disappoint. Yeah. No, I <laughs> pretended well. I pretended to be not tired all weekend. <laughs> right on. So. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, yeah. Greg Hill says that that bumper video was fantastic. Uh, it was. That was a agree. That was a poem. Yeah. Right? Or a poem, spoken word-ish. So, yeah. Yeah. Some sort of statement. Yep. It was yep. really beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really well done. So, um, and, uh, so let's, let's dive into the message let's. and, uh, see where this takes us. Um, I think I, I have notes as well. And so you have, notes, I do too. So you, uh, and I'll just start with mother's day is hard to preach on. Yes. I bet. This has um, gotta be. And for a myriad of different reasons. And usually that's what makes something hard to preach on is it's not one thing. It's, it's usually a conglomeration of a number of different things converging that make you go, Ooh, what do I say on this? Yeah. And because I, I think part of my desire is a, to preach to the whole congregation. Yeah. Right. And so I've often, I've told you before, and uh, on this show talked about, you know, I've never done a whole series on marriage yeah, because yeah. it often ostracizes a segment of our church body uh -huh. that already feels a little bit ostracized. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and so one of the things we're doing is teaching on marriage in the context of teaching through first Corinthians, because it's addressed in the letter of first Corinthians, uh -huh. but I, I want to do my best to preach to the whole and huh. mother's day is another day where I, I sense that tension yeah. of going, okay, do I give a, a mother's day message? Meaning I speak directly to moms about moms on motherhood, right? Which I think is dangerous for a man to do anyway. Um, but it also creates some, tension within the body in regards to people that want to be moms that, and yeah. aren't or yeah. people even like me who are grieving the loss of their mom. Yes. That's a, that makes it a challenging situation and just a whole soup of emotions, oh, you know, word, I bet. and, but that's multiplied out by a few thousand people, um, in our church body. And so, you know, I went into this with a, a blank slate because Next week in First Corinthians, we're talking about divorce. So yeah. I knew I probably shouldn't give that message on Mother's yes, Day. Yes, and that was wise. so I knew. All right, we've got a slot here that uh, is essentially a standalone message. What do we want to say to moms? Yeah. You know, and what do we want to say to the whole church body about being disciples mm -hmm. that would specifically apply to moms? And so yeah. I just decided to. Um, I chose a, the story of Hagar in the Old Testament, yeah. Genesis chapter 16. Chose a mom. Chose a mom. A, yeah. I but know. a mom that's in a unique position. Very unique. So um, it, it goes like against some of the norms yes. of like the nuclear family and all sorts of things like that. Right. Um, now, it's a funny you say that because in the Old Testament, I feel like you that that's every family goes against. Correct. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Correct. But but in, in very unique ways, this one does. Yeah. Um, I mean. More or less someone um, living as a single mom. Single mom. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least uh, she will become one exactly. very soon. Yes, yes. Yeah. She's either a single mom or a second wife. Yeah. So yeah, or either way. Sort of tossed aside. Totally. Either way. Yeah. It is uh, a challenging situation to uh -huh. say the least. Yeah, and absolutely. So there's, you know, um, 
I chose this passage because of the way God interacts with her, the way yeah. God meets her. And I just love the heart of God that we see come through in this text. Yeah. So oh, that's great. Um, well, Amy, Amy is saying, um, by the way, happy birthday. I should have began oh, with well, that. This well, thank was you. This, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday it's, was this it's guy's It's old news birthday. at this point in time. So, so am old. I. So, <laughs> well said. Um, yes. Um, happy birthday. Amy, thank you. Thank you, for, thank you for pointing that out. Thank um, you. Amy, I appreciate, appreciate that. that. And um, I'm, she's wondering if we got her email. Maybe was that email at questions? No, she sent it directly. Okay, directly. So, good. Okay. I did. Thank you. Okay, good. Amy, thank you. Um, yeah. I thought we had a question that I missed. Um, but good. Um, that's awesome. So, um, all right. So, so let me just, I'll, I'll summarize the story and then we can sort of jump love in. It, love it. Love um, it. Um, before you do, though, I just, well, it, the whole day of Mother's Day was honoring um, the the mothering task of, of raising kids in the sense we even dedicated babies. I thought that was such a sweet thing. Yeah. It was dedicated sweet. Families, parents, I mean, children, yeah. I, it was such a neat thing. Yeah. It was really so, cool. Yes. So I just thought that was a, a nice touch. So cool. Um, but okay. Sorry. Dive in. Let's go. Um, all on. right. I'll give you the one minute version. So um, Abraham gets a promise from God that he's going to be the father of many nations. Yep. He leaves his homeland of Ur on the conviction that God will be good on his promise. He and his wife, Sarai, are barren. They wait 10 years, don't have any kids, not without effort, but they are uh -huh. not getting pregnant. Yep. They're getting old and not getting pregnant. And so they decide, Sarai decides that she's going to take matters into her own hands, has Abraham sleep with her servant, and which was common back in the day. If yeah. a woman, a wealthy woman couldn't get pregnant, she would have obviously her maidservant sleep with her husband. And then essentially raise the child as her own. Yeah, that, and I, I noticed in the text that that Abraham doesn't like object to that at all. Abraham does not object he to that. He's not like, whoa, no, no, no. And I then he finds that. himself in the middle of uh, yes. two women who are at odds with each other. He should have objected to that. And, yes. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have been a bad idea. It wouldn't have been. for him to say. And there are some parallels between Adam and Eve uh -huh. and um, Abram and Sarai and the way that. He doesn't say, no, this is what we should do and yep. sort of that passive approach. And yep. um, so there are some parallels there. But we see that, Sar or, I'm sorry, Hagar does get pregnant and Sarai is very upset with her. There's some conflict there and essentially Hagar leaves and mm -hmm. she's in the wilderness when she encounters God. Mm -hmm. So, which is often the place people encounter God in scripture. Yes. Um, and it's it's where Elijah encounters God. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole idea of the way God meets us in the wilderness in unique ways that weaves its way throughout the scriptures. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. And all of a sudden it hit me. You know, okay, Jesus goes there in a sense to, to, to be with God. But then that's also where Jesus encounters. Yeah. Satan. Satan. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, but he's led by, there he's by, led the by the spirit. Yeah. Exactly, he's full of the spirit. He's yeah. in the spirit, absolutely the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, um, there's this wonderful imagery that says the the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, and I love this like layers upon yes. layers of not not just the the truth hmm. that geographically, physically. She was in the wilderness mm -hmm. by a spring, mm -hmm. but spiritually she feels dry and she's about yeah. to encounter the spring yeah. of life. Yeah, that's right. And there's all these like hints and winks and nods of deeper things going on than she's aware of and that the reader is intended to go, ah, uh -huh. I see what's going on there. Uh -huh. And that that is, an, I think, a way that we're invited and called to read the scriptures that people have for generations that oftentimes in a post enlightenment, um, very information driven mm. way of reading the scriptures, we sometimes miss or mm. dismiss because we go, well, there is a physical reality that is taking place. And we go, sure. But the whole story is about something way deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love the terminology though, even this idea of the spirit of God finding. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't think it took much searching. So part of me wonders, like, it's not like, <laughs> I, I don't know, the, the imagery could be, you could think of like the spirit, like looking, looking, oh, I found. Where in <laughs> where the world <laughs> did Hagar go? It, yeah. It's not that. It, 
it may say more about Hagar than it does about the spirit that like, like finally he found her in a place where she's ready or, or she's know? ready. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I love that. Interesting. Well, and then, right. So then, uh, the angel of the Lord, which in verse 13, we find out is God, mm -hmm. um, says Hagar servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Yeah. So two questions that I think are brilliant questions that God asks this exile, slave, pregnant, single mom in the middle of nowhere without a, probably without a penny to her name. Hmm. Where have you come from? Where are you going? Hmm. And I think it's an important question that we should ask ourselves often. Where have I come from? And God, where are you leading me? Mm -hmm. So, hmm. yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a powerful question. I mean, and what, what's it like to, to be asked that by God? <laughs> I don't know. What would, what, what would you answer? Yeah, she doesn't. She does. Exactly. <laughs> Which is maybe the, yeah, I don't know. She names her present, right? I'm on, I'm fleeing from my right. mistress, Sarai, but she doesn't answer where have you been and unpack her pain and she doesn't answer where she's going and at least at least give a direction for her hope hmm. she just names this is where i'm at right now yeah which maybe gets at the uh, the place where so many people are it's hard to really dive in to the past mm -hmm. and and maybe part of this is god saying yeah you don't know where you're going but i do right right because you know, we have a we have hopeful direction of where we where we think we're going, and yet only and, God really knows. And maybe we can't ever really get there if mm. we're not willing to name where we've been. There you go. And so I think that's a mm. part of it for mm. for Hagar is to name. This is where I've been. Mm -hmm. This is the pain. Mm -hmm. This is the reality of my life. Mm. And. And it stings and it hurts, but it is it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's what's real and what's true. But I, I just love, don't, I don't know about you, but I just love that God asks questions. I know. Right? I know. And yeah. you started by, by, like, by talking about yes. that idea that yes. questions are, uh, sometimes that's the best thing we can do yes. is ask questions. And it's one of the things God does. Yeah. And it's not. It's not the kind of questions just to get an answer. Like, you know, I think in some ways kids ask questions this way. You know, they, they ask all sorts of questions. Why? Why does this? Why does this? And I don't know that they, it's not like they're really just looking for facts. Right. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I just wanted to make sure I had that piece of information. Yeah. No, it's just very much a, a, a wanting to be with somebody, yeah. wanting attention, wanting to to connect with somebody um and here god asks these questions and doesn't like chastise her let me ask you again <laughs> right? not at all um in fact the question seems to work yeah right it seems to bring out so enough in her to for god to to use it yeah interesting i've talked about this before but there i i did a study a while ago a number of years ago reading through the gospels and trying to look at every place Jesus asks a question. It's like over 300 yeah. and all the places he answers questions directly. Yeah. Like even some questions you think he would answer that we would probably want to answer. Totally. How do I inherit eternal life? Yeah. Right. Like that seems like I, an important I, one. I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. right yeah, totally. He doesn't give uh -huh. a direct answer. What does the law say? How do you read it? Yeah, totally. sure. Go do that. Exactly. <laughs> I know. What? It's hilarious. And, yeah. But that's a microcosm of his modus operandi in the whole, right? Yeah. He continually asks questions and answers, it seems at times, like as few as possible. Yes, yes. Allowing people to actually do the work of, of thinking for themselves, not taking away the, the discovery in a sense. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, actually, I've had conversations like this with, with professors, with, um, with other pastors who have, who have suggested that maybe in the way we teach that we have taught that, and especially the little bit more modern way of teaching lecture style, 
that we take away people's ability to discover. Mm -hmm. And there's something in the discover, in the, in the, in the aha and like putting the pieces together and going, ah, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's somewhere, that's where learning happens. And that's the, in there. Fun. That's the fun part. That's the fun part. Oh my goodness. That's where you start to light up and go, oh, I never saw that before. Or, oh, that's how that connects to that idea. And ooh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, if you're ever, if you're ever looking for a way to, uh, to dive into scriptures more, um, which I encourage you to think of other, you know, different ways to do it. Like, okay, sometimes right now we're reading through the New Testament as a church, mm-hmm. a bunch of us are doing that. Um, you can always jump in on that. But uh, if you're just looking for a way to to get into scripture more, um, looking at the questions of Jesus is a good one. Somewhere I have a journal, uh, which I don't journal a lot. So I should probably put this on my wall to say that I've, I have journaled before. I have journaled. <laughs> I have journaled. No, um, I have a journal where I wrote down every question. No, and I, then I tried to get at like a little of how he answers. I didn't right tabulate the, the number of answers. I yes. need to go back and do that. And like, which ones are questions and which ones are not. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. was a really, really fun study. That's cool. Of just looking through that. And so it's, wow. a, it's a fun way to, it's a fun way to go through the gospels. Yeah. That's a, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So God asked this question to this yeah. Egyptian um, pregnant, soon to be single mom who's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he wants her to start hoping for a future. I, yeah. I think he wants her to believe that that's possible, wow. even in the midst of a circumstance that would suggest that it's not. And um, and so mm-hmm. I think he's stirring up hope. Mm-hmm. And it, as I looked at it, there was huh. three ways that he did that. Mm-hmm. There was a plan um, that he was inviting her to step into with mm-hmm. him. There was a promise that he was inviting her to believe. And the promise is funny, right? I mean, you read you read through it. It's in verses ten through twelve, and on the surface, you go, "Gosh, that's not that's not all that much of a promise." There, God, um, your son shall be a wild donkey of yep. a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over and against all of his kinsmen. It's like, okay, well, he's going to come out on top, but he's going to have a lot of conflict in his life, yeah, and he'll be a wild donkey of a man. I know. Um, if you're you interested, you should that? go look up the way that the King James translates oh, that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, you go. Wow. Okay, this is this is a promise, wow. and it's one that Hagar can hold on to, um, and it probably meant a lot to her. Even if we go, gosh, could have done better than that, right? Yes. But it was something to hold to hold her in the midst of the challenge. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but the, in, in regards to the plan, here's, here's the things that I was thinking about, Josh, as I was writing this mm-hmm. message one. So there's two things that stood out. If God has a, if God has a plan, I don't need to control. And if God has a plan, I don't need to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way that he interacts mm-hmm. with Hagar around both of those ideas really draws out the truth of them. If, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that uh, part of part of what she's struggling with at the time there is, um, I mean, it must be that why God, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the right thing is to get to to her to say, no, 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 there is a future for God to say that in order to recognize that there is a plan. Um, and and I man the the way that the way that works in us, I think is is giving uh, gives people hope, mm-hmm. especially in the worst times. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming that 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 gave her hope. Now I was processing at the same time. I don't know how this gives her hope, right? Like yeah. these words in particular, knowing that he's going to make <laughs> something of himself. That's that's great. Um. And yet at the same time, here's, uh, if you go beyond this, God's words were very, um, uh, came to be very true Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, And and whether or not it's biologically or more theologically, but the entire, um, you know, uh, um, the people of of Islam, kind of, they, they look to Hagar and Ishmael as their theological forebears, right? Correct. This is a formative story. Yes. 
for them for sure. Now the tables get turned in yep. in the Quran. Okay, yep. so it's actually they claim that Ishmael was the the chosen son, and it's Sarai and and Isaac that are cast out, and so they they change it in there. And yet the idea is though that that here at this point, one is outcast. Yes, and and God still does a lot with them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what this this does, but I, I do love I love that I love how you said it. Right? What is it now? There's there's a if he has a plan, has a plan. I don't have to control, and I don't have to control. Don't need to be perfect, right? Like so, my imperfections yeah. are not going to thwart God's plan. And even if those imperfections are not of your fault, right? Because here we are, or as you've said, this is a this is a girl who have no fault of her own. Yeah, is put in this situation. It's not like she consented to this. No, um, she was a slave. Right. Okay. Yeah, and she's you know I don't know how old she is here. Um, who knows? But, yeah. Uh, Most people think that um, Abram and Sarai probably. Um, just uh Hagar as a slave when they were in Egypt and it was like you know Genesis chapter 12 verses mm. 10 through 20 is when they're sort of in that mm. space mm. so so I, I wonder if they do they place her as Egyptian they do okay she is she's Egyptian, she's Egyptian. yeah interesting yep there you go hmm. wow so I, I think that's I think that's a that's a powerful way to put it but you don't have to control so uh, here she is in a place of no control and maybe that's actually the the fact that she can't control is the reason that the spirit found her. Right. Right. That she's letting go of control. Yes. And and that's where you can accept God's plan. I think so. Huh. Absolutely. I think so. So my my um my hope was that, like I said, both moms and just disciples in general would be encouraged by that to go, okay, God's coming to this woman who's at the bottom hmm. of um society and herself she's just going gosh I've, I've got nothing and yet he's making a he's giving a he's saying he has a plan even for her and he's making a promise to be good to her uh -huh. in the midst of uh -huh. all those challenges so I, yep. I loved it yep and and you know what little boy doesn't want to be a wild donkey of a man a wild donkey of a man <laughs> That's why I got that verse tattooed on my back. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I've got, yeah, I think we have yeah. a couple boys who might be. Wild. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they they're wild like donkey that. of boys right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. They yeah, are. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Oh man. So then there's this last. There's this last section, Josh, and I. Okay. I just want to read this. Yeah. And then we can talk about it. But it says, "So she called the name yeah, of the Lord who spoke to her." You are a God of seeing. Mm -hmm. For she said, truly here I've seen him who looks after me. And I was struck by the fact, and I, I wrote it in here, that um, Hagar, yep. the Egyptian slave, is the only person in the Bible. And so I, I could be wrong on this, but I, I think that that's true. The only person in the Bible who gives God a name. Other times he's telling he's people what people. his name is. You know, I am mm -hmm. Elohim, I'm El Shaddai, I am Yahweh, covenantal God. And yet this time, mm. she looks back at him and goes, you know who you are? El Roy, yeah. the God who sees. Yeah. And we never get an explicit, like, God approved, I approve that name, yeah. right? But we have it in scripture, and well, there's he doesn't seem to argue with it, and it's certainly true Yes. And so, yes. For me, it caused all of these questions like, what would I name God? Ooh. And, ooh. Because, and I, and I said this in the message, but I'll just read what I wrote. I said, whatever you choose would actually say much more about your need mm. than it would about the character of God, because it is through our need that we experience God in the deepest of ways. Yep. And so yep. my, my conviction is Hagar says, you're the guy who sees because not only does she know, does she believe that, hmm. but what she needs is to be seen. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. She feels invisible. Oh my goodness. What a and and that and that's where I mean that's that was you know the key to this whole message. And I feel like that's a that's a a statement that we hear a lot these days. Mm-hmm. That there are people who just don't feel seen or haven't felt seen and need yeah. to. And I think what a what a great example of 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 our God who is choosing somebody who doesn't fit the mold. Yeah. Right. This is not the, I mean, this is not the hero, right? No, no, this is, no, no. this is, in fact, it wouldn't, this is where, um, the, the slave, the slave mother of the, you know, early child that gets cast away mm-hmm. would not even be brought up outside of a biblical text. Correct. Right. I mean, this, this, you know, this happened sadly all the time and yep. we don't know their names Yeah. because they were not seen. Yeah. And here in enshrined in scripture, we've got the name of this woman uh, and her then naming God yeah. as the, as at least the first and if not the only, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It, it, it's striking. That is striking. And I love that. Oh, I, there's just something about that, that I love that God chose for a, <laughs> for, to allow a woman in that situation, to be that person, a, a non, non-Hebrew, yeah. not you know, not a descendant or and or married to um, Abram, yeah, woman, slave, socioeconomically, she's yeah. at the bottom. And this is this this is before this is before they his whole household commits to following, yeah, following God. So this is not even like a God fearer. No. Egyptian following Yahweh necessarily. No, no. She, it's like she meets her here. Here, wow. Yeah, that's, that's the right. way I read it, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, Abram is still very much on a journey. Uh huh. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because you're right. It's literally not until and figuratively. He yeah, Abraham. That yeah, they are following. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Oh wow. Um, Carolyn had a great comment. Okay. Um, Let's put that up here. She said and try to do something to make themselves seen these days. So I think it was oh, in regards to your comment people were saying. Yeah, of yeah. people don't feel seen. And so there's all sorts mm. of strategies that people have to feel seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I would see that often. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and my conviction is that the fact that God sees should be a great comfort to us and um, meaning a strengthening come to be together and fortify like it it should strengthen us and comfort our souls that god sees us Mm -hmm. and i think that's especially maybe maybe especially true for moms but it definitely applies well absolutely absolutely does well um i mean let's just face it uh, throughout the history of our world women have been the least seen in our world, mm-hmm. right? Um, now they've always been seen by God, and that's the unique thing. Because I think when we, when we think about, um, you know, the way that we we talk about being seen here, it's being seen by certain people in power, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, all all human seeing is limited, right? We can only really have the attention span and the ability to notice to to be invested in a limited amount of people. Right. Some can do more than others, but it's all a limit, right? But that's where God is different. Yes. And that's where uh, God sees them all. And and yet, at the same time, it's not like it doesn't um, undermine the amount of care. Correct. Right? The, the, sometimes, you know, we live in a world where quantity mm-hmm. and quality are two, um, they're inverse relationships, mm-hmm. right? So you can only really have either quantity or quality with humans. But right. That's that's very different with God. Yes. And so that quality of relationship that he wants and has with this this nobody woman, right, is the same that he wants with all of us. I love that. That's really, really Yeah. Hmm. I, I I love that. And yeah, I, I think one of the reasons I chose to teach this story is because it's just really resonated with me over the last hmm. few months i guess and there's that name elroy god you're the god who sees yeah and 
um, I, there's, I think there's multiple dynamics to that. God, like you see, um, you see when I'm not following you, right? Mm -hmm. God, you see mm -hmm. when yeah. I, I am loving in the way that you would want me to love. God, you see the, you see the hurt, you see the pain, you see the joy, you see it all, yeah. you see it all. Yeah. And, um, that's been a huge comfort to me lately and mm. a challenge. And, um, I've, I said a few weeks ago that that might be my favorite name for God right now mm -hmm. is Elroy. And um, hmm. so I, I just loved getting the chance to teach through that whole story. I love it. And I, and I love, I love the ending of this. It, that I, I remember thinking, oh, that, that really could be a whole sermon, at least a sermon kind of, Oh, this idea starter. of the Psalm, that Psalm, like um, where it says, I will instruct you. Okay. And the way you should go. I will guide you. I, yeah, I, no, that I, part. Well, that too. I forgot about part? that. Actually, the, the the just the imagery. Mm. It's not a sermon, I guess. I shouldn't say, but it's a it's a great sermon illustration. The imagery of the, of of parents saying yeah. or oh, no, kids yeah. kids yeah. saying to a parent, "Totally, hey, did you see that? Did you see that? Hey, right. did you see? I think that right there. I that that hit me that this then kind of become. I mean, almost ended as a as a sermon about prayer." But right. the challenge is that to tell God, do you, do you see? Yeah. To open up to him. Yeah. Because knowing that he does, but being somebody that, that still wants to bring that to God. Yeah. Being seen and, and seeing are two different things. Yes. Right. So we can acknowledge that God sees us, but not really look back to him. Hmm. Right. And so that was part of the invitation was to go, okay. Well, in light of the fact that God's looking at you, look back at him. Yes. And I think yes. that's the image in that psalm anyway. I will guide you with my eye. Like it's look up at me and I'll guide you. Yep. Um, but how how devastating would it be to to know that you're seen by God, but to never look back at him as he looks at you? Yep. Yeah. So that was where mm. I wanted to land and end with what I feel like is a beautiful invitation to look back at the God who's looking at us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I really, really love that. And because that's, that's what, that's what our, um, that's, that's, that's in a sense, all we can bring yeah. <laughs> is, is coming back to God and saying, um, now do you, do you see me recognizing that he does and bringing the things in our life kind of in a sense, opening them up into, into his gaze. Yeah. Right. That vulnerability. That piece. really is. Um, and I love, um, this isn't the only time that that idea is in scripture. Right. And I'm, um, I'm trying to remember that it was Habakkuk. We opened with a passage this, this, uh, this week in the call to worship. Yeah. Zephaniah. Zephaniah. Zephaniah three. Up. It's 317. Okay. Yep. I was mixing up that in Habakkuk. All right. Um, I love this. Uh, I Habakkuk love this would be like, Why don't you see I know what's me? wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those that you, you, yeah. you know, one of those minor prophets. Um, this is, that's it. I, I, this is such an amazing verse. Um, the Lord, your God in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Yeah. That now, because that's that gets even more than just seeing you, but that God sings songs over us. Totally. Uh, yeah. So cool. One of the reasons we chose that as a call to worship on Mother's Day was I just imagined that as like, the divine lullaby, right? Mm. Like, a, like how a mom would sing to her kids at mm. night, um, and you know, lie in bed with them and rub their back. And yeah, it just seems like a very maternal act oh, yeah. that God would sing over yep. his people. Yep. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That is so cool. Well, to all the, all the moms out there, um, we still honor you. We'll, we'll do it again in 360 some days. Um, no, but uh, we do honor you. We're thankful for you. And, um, and yet, like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain out there. Right? Yeah. You know, 
you you as well that mm-hmm. it's, it must be a hard day it's an it, yeah it is it is and you know i wish days like that got easier you yeah. know as you go on um but they just get different yeah you know because yeah. every mother's day i'd still love to call my mom you know totally, totally. every day I would, but yeah totally yeah so it's uh it's an interesting and and unique role to to have to be very public and um you know out there on days where you'd sort of rather go i think i'd love to just yeah. go for a walk and spend some time yeah. alone thinking but it's all good god's mm-hmm. grace is sufficient for that there's a unique grace for um leading people in the midst of pain wow. while you're in pain so well that's that's where the healing takes place oddly is then that stepping into it yeah and going through it and um and i think i think the the message you gave was was healing for a lot of people as well right so, on praise god so thanks for that praise god um Okay, we've got a few things that we want to kind of look forward to yes. next, okay? So, um, and, uh, oh, one last comment um, here. Oh, this is good. Tr- truly knowing um, we are seen, known, and loved by God frees us to rejoice in how God does the same for others. Mm-hmm. Ooh, really good. Oh, that's good. I, and, Carolyn, that. what a great point. Um, when when we don't think we're loved, we try to hoard love. Mm-hmm. But when we know we're loved, we allow others to yeah. enter into the love. We want people that's, to enter that's into the love. That's such a good point. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, that's yeah, really that's cool. like, do we come at love from a position of of scarcity or abundance? Mm, you know, totally. That's totally. great. That's and oh man. So speaking of parents and mothering and all that stuff, I mean, you know, and if anyone has been a, a parent before, um, you begin with like love, you know, love for your your spouse. And then you have this kid and you think, you know, first, how can I love anything anymore? And then you have plenty of room for a kid. And then you think there's another kid comes. If there, if if God brings another kid, right? You think, oh, I don't know if I can love a kid anymore. Yep. And yet you you do. Right. You always find room. Yeah. It's not like you get to the limit yes. and you say, no, I can't love. And you can't, you don't go, well, now you've got half of my love. It's just, that's just not the way it works. Right. Right. There's always, always room. It's true. For more love. And now, now imagine that on God's scale, right? Yeah. Who, you know, that's, it's beyond us. So, yep. But man, that's really cool. Um, all right. Well, okay. Now we're, we're going to transition a little bit to some things coming up. Yep. We got a few. Um, but before we, um, before we know where we're going, we have to go back to where we were. Ah, <laughs> you brought that back around. I did. I did. Um, and I just, <laughs> well, thank you for this. Um, we're going to transition into next week. I want to preview some of that and yeah. everything. Um, and I think that's going to lead us into our book. Yes. Um, but before we do, I have to just give a little, a little highlight for those at home. This was, this was something I got to see today um, that I was really encouraged by. Right on. And it, Lay it I was on us. encouraged. I was encouraged by our some of our our high school students and our uh, just the the state of of students these days. Um, I think that in our world, it's easy to get depressed with where things are going. Um, and I just want everybody at home to know that there is there's hope that that uh, even for this church is going to continue on. It's in good hands um, with our mm-hmm. our younger generations that are coming up. There's some great things happening. Um, I've gotten to jump in and see a bunch of that um, over the last few months in high school ministry um, as we've been without a high school pastor, um, which we have a high school pastor coming now, which is really, really cool. Um, but um, so one thing I got to do today was go to uh, Escondido High School and speak at their FCA. Nice. And that's uh, great. <clears throat> and it's funny because um, I gave uh, so Joy Abdemelech, she she is the whatever the the leader of it, the student leader of FCA, right? Um, which, of course, she is. Of course. <laughs> so Joy is amazing. Um, and she leads this this group. And I've been to a lot of these over the years, right? Tons. And I, you never know what to expect. Yeah. Sometimes you show up and there's four kids. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I show up and there's like 60 kids there. Wow. They have... That's cool. They have the culinary arts teacher makes them food every week. 
I mean, uh, unreal. I know this is such a cool thing. And there's all these kids coming out and they're paying attention. They're listening to the gospel as uh, teaching. It was, it was so much fun. That is so cool. Now um, I did go, um, I did ask my son a few days ago because my son goes to another school, goes to San Francisco high school. um, And he's a part of FCA there. And uh, I said, so what should I talk about? Mm -hmm. And so he says, he first says Pearl Jam. And I, so, you know, I'm wearing a Pearl Jam shirt and that's actually why. Um, and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to talk about Pearl Jam. And then he says, oh, you should talk about, you should talk about that REM song, Losing My Religion. <laughs> he says it. And I'm like, really? That's a 30 year old song, Caleb. You do realize that, right? Um, he's like, yes, you should talk about that. that and so I classic. thought about it. I said, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so sure enough, I played the song. <laughs> And talked about I, that's I could, me in the spotlight, losing my religion. Right? Yep, that's that's the one. That's the one. It's a, it's a great song, it but it's the one that that I think Christians have had a hard time. Yeah, with because they're like, I don't want to lose my religion. And so um, I asked the kids, "Do you want to lose your religion?" And they all said, "No." <laughs> and I said, I, "But this is where I said, actually, I think Jesus came so that you would lose religion." Right on. Because he came to abolish religion, yeah. right? You see yeah. where I went there? Um, I like that. That he turned religion upside down. And it, it was just so now that you don't need the you don't need my talk. But what you do need is to know that that there are a ton of kids out there that are pursuing Jesus and it's really, cool. really encouraging. Right on, man. It's really cool. Right so, on. Yeah. Good work. Very yeah. cool. Um and so, but um and Speaking of, of uh, not kids necessarily, but um, I'm hoping a, a bunch of our young adults come out this weekend. Yes. Or this, sorry, this Wednesday. A week from today. A week from today. Um, but not just young adults, not just our singles, but a lot a lot of the church come out. Yeah. Because our topic is going to be singleness. Singleness. Yeah. It's a, it's a great topic. It really is. In fact, it's going to be on Wednesday and then... Then you'll follow that up on the following Sunday. Yep. With um in First Corinthians, yeah. There's a lot that about singleness. There is. There. Yep. And so you get to you get to go and learn a little bit and then preach about it. Yep. <laughs> I'll take notes. You'll take very, notes. Good notes. very good notes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, we're joking. By the way, his sermon is basically done by the time Wednesday night yeah, rolls around. It will so, be. But but still, there's always time to add things. <laughs> you never know. Or be like, oops. I got, no, I don't. don't say that. Um, so we got a guy, uh, guy named Dr. Matt Jensen. He's a professor at Biola University. Um, he uh, he's done some he's done an, uh, some speaking on singleness. It was actually difficult. I had to like look all over for somebody that has has done any speaking at really? all on this topic. Okay, cool. Um, there's some there are some some well known names, but um, we'd have to fly them out here. Um, which I'd love to do at some point, but I found this guy, Matt, and uh, he's local uh, in Orange County. That's great. And was open to come. Um, However, he did have to tell me this. And so just so you know, and I'm sure he'll share this, but um, he did a lot of writing and speaking on singleness, but then over COVID, he went and got hitched. So now... (laughs) So now he's married. Um, it's all credibility. So, as he said, so he, he actually was very sweet about it. He's like, I just want you to know, I'm glad to do it. But in case you want someone with more credibility, um, that is so funny. You need okay. to know this about me. But so he lasted some 44 years or something like that. He says, wow. Uh, as a single man. Right I on. thought you earned enough as long As long as he wrote the material when he was single. <laughs> yes, well, that's right. We'll let that's it slide. Right. As long as it yeah, doesn't no, change. That's much. yeah. That, that How cool. Right yeah, on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, grateful to have him joining us yeah. and he's gonna i hope stir up a good conversation within our church yes because um what marriage is god's design there's no doubt about that and his design is clear within scripture there's to me there's no doubt about that either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet our ability to live in alignment with god's design seems to um there seems to be a lot of challenges with that uh-huh. in scripture and the way that god interacts with our failure to live in his design, there seems to be some interesting nuance throughout scripture and the way that we go about that. And so yep. um, all that to say that some of our view of marriage is less about strictly about the Bible than it is about the romantic era and the way that that has influenced us and 
you know, we've baptized marriage as um, a calling for all when the scriptures would say, mm, no. it's not, it's not necessarily that. And so yeah. we're getting to some passages in first Corinthians seven that where Paul's going to say, oh, I wish you wouldn't get married. Yeah. Um, and so uh, to have this seminar alongside of that is a really huge benefit that I'm grateful for. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this. I think this is going to be great. Yeah. I, in fact, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching online. From? If you're um, if you're watching online, I will be there with you. I will be watching it. Well, let's see. Will I be watching it live? It will be about. Um, it might be five in the morning. Yeah, if you love Jesus, you'll be up. <laughs> Which I, that's not that bad, I think. Is it five? Anyway, I'll figure that out. But I will be watching from Israel. Yes, I will be watching where Jesus watched. No, <laughs> um, no. I this is you guys. Ah, oh, this is such a such a unique thing i get to go to israel um for for the next two weeks um so unless we really figure out something uh virtual and i should i don't know we have um we'll uh, i won't be here for two the weeks next, next couple of weeks but yeah. uh but yeah because next week we will be live though um we'll be live um you can go to live.efcc.org and watch on on youtube um I believe it should be on Facebook as well. And then the rebroadcast will be uh, put on the, podcast. on the podcast as well. So um, we'd love to have you join in on this. If you do watch live, you can ask questions. You can go to slido.com and, uh, and ask your questions. You can, you can even ask some now. If you go to slido.com and um, type, type in the numbers 332233. You got it. You can, uh, you can begin and preload some questions in there. Uh, for that night it's going to be a blast it will. it will i can't wait yeah i look forward to, to joining in if the timing works out it would be fun to to ask some questions yes and uh and see if i can uh, ryan lundy will be will be kind of doing some of the the hosting things that that, that i typically do right on That's so um he will and so it actually it was a professor of his oh so cool. this is the connection so i uh I found this guy and then I kind of reached out to Ryan knowing that he went there. His dad teaches there all these things. And I said, Hey, do you know this guy? And he's like, yes, he was my professor. So nice. It's going to be fun. Very cool. It's going to be fun. So, um, but um, this coming week before the seminar, we're talking about divorce, divorce. remarriage, all the things. And you're going to give us all the answers. I exactly gonna, what to do in every situation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to, I am going to do my best to teach <laughs> What I believe First Corinthians seven. Okay. Says. Okay. And so Josh is sort of joking that um, we want to make it black and white. Yeah. There's some safety in that. There's um, uniformity in that that can be beneficial at times. But um, I'm not sure that that's what the scriptures intend to give us in this situation. So we're going to talk about all of that and would welcome your questions mm -hmm. afterwards um, mm -hmm. or even beforehand if you if you're interested. But it is a tough topic. Mm. I'm just, as I get into it, I'm going, man, um, it's, it is tough. And, you know, to the point where I'm going, all right, I need to finish my message tonight so I can get it to our elders yeah. so that they can read it and go, oh, wow. are you guys good with this? This is what yeah. I believe this teaches. How do you feel about it? So, yeah. All right. If that's not a plug, <laughs> if that's not a plug to be there, uh, and to listen in or tune in wherever, um, I don't know what it is. So this will be, it's a great passage. Which by the way, I, I run my messages by a whole group of people every yes. week. Yes, he does. One of them is always like one of our elders, at least is always reading. And if there's anything that they want to talk to me about, they always do. Mm -hmm. So that part isn't unique, but it's the finishing it and saying, I want you guys to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. This is a, this is a debated, uh, debated topic. Yeah. And yet here's in a lot of churches, it has it has been presented as if there is no debate. Mm -hmm. Is that a safe way to say yeah, this? Yeah. And so um, so people come to this topic with a lot of different perspectives, um, lots of them. And in other words, I mean, can I get divorced? Can I get remarried? Mm -hmm. um, what do we do when someone gets divorced? I mean, there's a number of these issues. Um this is tricky. Yeah, it is. And so uh, that's wise to 
to run this by yeah. the elders. And I, and I think the comfort I find is that, man, it was tricky for them back then too, which oh, is why they're absolutely. writing about it and absolutely. asking Paul about it. And what do we do in these situations? Mm -hmm. And I guess I find some solace in the fact that, man, we're not the first people to walk down these roads. Mm -hmm. And um, the while uh, some of the conversation has changed over the last 2,000 years, <laughs> more of it has stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... We'll do our best. Yep. That's why this is such. This has been such a fun uh, series because First Corinthians, uh, Corinth must have been. We must. We probably would feel, in some ways, very comfortable in Corinth. Yeah. Right. In some ways, because of how similar uh, the issues are. Yeah. That they were dealing with. I mean, they were they were pushing the limits. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even more so. Some yeah. ways we would not feel comfortable at all. It might. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know. true. Yes. <laughs> But but there's a lot of similarities. All I'm trying to say, I guess that was the wrong, yeah. uh, silly way of saying that. No, there, there are similar cultures. I understand what you're saying. I was thinking of a specific <laughs> yeah, city that Corinth too. might be similar to. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things came in my head. <laughs> Thought, nope, we would not be sitting yeah. good about that. But um, so, um, so did, did you bring a book? I brought a book. Okay, tell us because this is very related to this topic. It's, it's specifically a book that I've been rereading for next for next week. It's mm -hmm. one that. Um, I read and went, this is the best book on divorce and remarriage from a pastoral standpoint that I've ever read. And it draws out um, things from the text that I just hadn't seen before. So yeah. here's the book. It's called Divorce and Remarriage in the Church. It is by David Instone Brewer. It is phenomenal. Um, it's, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's light reading, but it's not academic in the sense that he's getting into the nitty gritty of the Greek or the Hebrew or anything like that. So it's at a, it's at a, a lay level. You don't need to understand the original languages mm -hmm. to get a lot out of this mm -hmm. book. But, um, if you know somebody who's been divorced, if you have been yourself, my uh, conviction would be, this is a great resource that I'd highly recommend. Mm -hmm. So, so now I could see somebody who is in the church and who's gone through a divorce feeling like reading a book, talking about this could be, um, Oh, opening up a, a wound. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you feel like this is a book that will, um, is a gracious approach? Will they feel, will they feel more grace and love or what, what do you think? Yeah. I'm this, this book is designed for pastors. Mm -hmm who want to walk with people and the, in the brokenness of life. And so my, my sense in reading it was that it is very gracious and the, and even in tone recognizes yeah. the pain that surrounds this for every person that's walked through it. Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, cause that, let's, you know, Let's just be clear. No one, no one likes divorce. I've never even met someone who's gone through divorce who's been like, "I was really glad I did that." Right? Yeah. And at or same had time, to do that. Yeah, had you know? to do that. Or yeah. That was my plan when we got married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never. No, no one does. And yet, same time, um, if if you've gone through that, the, the church is for you. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, 100%. I mean that that's uh, that's what we, that's what we want. And so, um, I'd tell you, don't don't. Don't fear this week's message. Yeah, um, please, please, please come out. I don't, I don't know the message yet, but I have a feeling you're going to feel um, accepted and loved as you are, mm -hmm. and um, and you know, it, you'll learn about how the scriptures talk about it and uh, what that means for us today. So, yep, right on, right on. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you very much, and thanks Israel. for thanks for all the hard work on this. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm guessing this is a lot more work than a normal message. Um, yeah, yeah, which is good. Yeah, it's good. Which is good. But it's good. I, and thank you. I will. I will yes. have fun in Israel. Um, this. The more I look into this, it is a. It's like a nonstop. Um, we are. We're just go go go. Um, I really hope that um, I can come back, and um, I, I'm. I'm on a part of a kind of a. I've begun a track to to learn how to lead these. Right on. And so that's part of what I get to do. And I I hope that we can come back and, and do these again. Yes. Um, and I so I hope that one day 
we'll be able to lead some teams that can go and and go on a pilgrimage together mm -hmm. um, to actually really learn together, grow together. Um, and so I, I don't know what to expect yet. Never been and can't wait to be there. So right on. It's going to be good. Right on. Well, shalom. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, um, this has been a fun conversation. Thank you to everybody for joining in. And uh, thank you, Ryan, for thank you, taking Josh. the time to, great. to open up here. And um, well, our prayer is, as always, is that you would live into the, the abundant life that God has to you, that you would learn to live in the, the, the vital, uh, in the vital signs of, of uh, his abundant life that he has for you. Cause that's what we're doing here. Studying life, life abundant and uh, many blessings to you and uh, bless you all. Take care. See ya.